Welcome to the Mastering College Two Career Podcast. I am your host, the one that knows the most, Daniel Botero. In a world where eight out of 10 students are graduating without a job lined up, and 40% of graduates never work in a job that require their degree, this podcast is the solution. In this podcast, not only do you hear from my own personal experience, countless hours worth of research on this topic, but I bring industry experts to help students take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you how to land your dream job. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College Two Career Podcast. Guys, you guys are going to enjoy this episode. I'm telling you, this is probably one of the most interesting people I have ever met. I have Federico Taveres in the house today, and he's going to blow your mind of the possibilities of what you can do as a student because he took a very non-traditional route. And I'm going to be, again, honest with you guys. Like, I try to be very honest with you on the podcast. Federico and I have never met, but I, I feel like I know this guy so well. I, I, if there's anybody that I like enjoying following his, a journey that is not necessarily has more than 5,000 followers, it's probably it's Federico by far. And, man, if I could have a little brother he, and I can describe how I want my little brother to be, it would be him. Like, he is amazing, so inspiring and motivating and you guys are going to see why. So without further ado, Federico, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Danny, my man, it is truly a pleasure, bro, to hear your words. Uh, truly flattered to be a part of this podcast. And as you said, it's, it's great, to, great and fascinating that we've been friends for almost two and a half years. And we've never really met, you know, it's the power of social media. It's the power of, you know, you don't really have to be next to each other to know what people are doing, man. And yeah, bro, it's, it's truly a pleasure to, you know, first of all, truly grateful about the invitation to be in this podcast. I know um, people our age, I always have a lot of buddies telling me, hey, man, you should really get a podcast someday. I'm like, nah, dude, I'm not ready for that. You know, <laughs> I think there there's necessary steps to take, but yeah, man, I'm really glad to be here, bro. It's truly a pleasure. So before we dive into, um, actually be, we'll dive into, it and then I'll ask you why not the podcast now. So for the audience listening to you, they probably have no idea. Like it's you, man, you live in DR, you went to school up North. So Definitely my audience doesn't know you, except maybe for a couple of, a common friend that we have that actually connected us together. Um, so tell them a little bit about you. And I want to hear it from, um, I, I want you to do it in like a two minute you. It's going to be like the clip note version. I want them to be so intrigued that they start following you. Well, uh, you want me to say it in third person or first person? First person is you. Tell, tell like, yeah. Of course. Um, well, my name is Federico Tavares. I'm 24 years old, born and raised in the Dominican Republic. From a young age, I found a passion, and that passion was soccer. And coming from a third world country and being a person from the middle class, I always saw soccer as more than just a sport. I saw it more as a lifestyle, and a lifestyle that opened a lot of doors. Um, 2013, I was supposed to go to Western Michigan University on a soccer scholarship. I had my whole life planned out. 
and I got injured. And I was like, okay, what do I do now? You know, it was a couple of years of just being lost. And then one day I met a friend, Brandon Bai, and I had this thing inside of me that I always wanted to use soccer as a tool to help other people because that's what the sport taught me. And from that on to, you know, I got to fit this in two minutes, you know, today from an idea of helping people through soccer, we've raised the whole nonprofit that our mission is to empower, to enlighten kids, not only kids, but everyone that loves this sport, you know, as a tool to educate, to inspire. And that's a two minute or I think almost two minute about me. And we'll dive into your story even more as the episode progresses, because I want to try to extract your mentality, your train of thought, the way that you were, you were thinking, not only how you're thinking about your life now, but as how you were thinking when you were a college student. Because when we first got introduced to each other, that was almost two and a half years ago, you were in college, so you graduated almost a year ago. And when me and you spoke on the phone, I still remember, I was actually in Atlanta when we, we were Skyping, and we Skyped for like four hours. Um, and I am not a night person, and you're a night person because you're always working up at night. And I remember saying to you, it was like, man, I never stay up this late. Um, it was such an amazing conversation. We were so like-minded, and here's what's crazy, guys, and, and for the audience listening to me, Federico is one of the sharpest pe- person I've ever met, and not by sharpest of, like, natural, he's a genius. Um, more than anything, his mindset is right, and, and I want to actually understand if he was born with that mindset or did what happened in his life that made him come up with that mindset I am a all big reader, and you can see, in it, actually, this is a podcast, but I have a big library in my office, and I probably read over 500 books, but I, if there's one person that's around my age that's read, if not more books than I have, it's Federico. So tell us, man, were you born with that mindset? What got you with such a I always learning mindset, always wanting to help people mindset? When did that start? Well, bro, I think um, I've always thought my whole life that you are a result of the occasions and like what life throws at you. You know, that's really something you can't control, but you can't control how you deal with it. And, you know, before saying how I developed as a kid growing up, I think the most important thing are my parents, bro. Think about this. My mom's a teacher. She's been a teacher for over 30 years. My mom is very methodical. My mom is very, you know, like go on the safe side, get a job, get a good education, get a good family. And, you know, I was I was raised with a woman like that in my life that always emphasized on how important it is to, you know, show your values, you know, how to respect other people, how to always, you know, show your best. And when you have the worst out, try to take a step back and analyze how you can handle that. And then on the other side, my dad's an architect. You know, my dad is a dreamer. My dad is the person that whatever he can, he can put in pencil and paper, you know, he can make, he can bring it to life. So from a young age, I grew up with those two worlds. I grew up with the dreamer. And I also grew up with the person that kind of took care of me and made, made me always make sure I had my feet on the ground. So growing up, man, I can tell you that I was always, I always felt that sense of independence because my parents never try to like, you know, put a leash on me and be like, yeah, you got to do this. You got to do that. You know, my dad's an architect. My two brothers are architect. And my dad never told me from a young age, you have to be an architect. 
Because imagine if, you know, they would have put that kind of stamp on me. I would have been like, okay, you know, I just got to do what I'm told. And from a young age, bro, I realized how important it was to, yeah, be independent. But at the same time, know that your decisions, you know, they have a price tag on it. You know, and they have whatever price tag you, you put on it, man. So obviously soccer was, was a very big part because, you know, soccer taught me a lot of values that I apply today in my day-to-day, you know, responsibility, how to be a leader, but also my academics. I always held myself to a very high standard, you know, because I never saw myself as, yeah, I got to get the good grades just so, you know, everyone knows I get good grades. I was like, no, I got to get good grades because my parents are paying for my education. And, you know, if I hold myself to the standard, probably someday in life, which now I'm seeing it, I'll keep holding myself to that, to that standard. And, yeah, man, basically, you know, my family, sports, obviously my friends play played a huge role in that. But yeah, man, it's always been a side of, you know, you gotta you gotta follow your gut, bro. You gotta follow your gut. And so let's talk a little bit about Aspidas. Um, that is um what is that? And just share a little bit more about about why did you decide to start that? Well, bro, I love one thing I love about you is a you are, you, I would say, how can you say, you preach everything I don't about college. And I'll tell you why. You know, you're the person that always instills in students to go after their dream job, to go after, you know, that major, that career they like, and it's going to bring to them the results they want because you are a result of it. You know, if you followed your path, you got it. You know, you got it. You dominated the industry and look at what you're doing today. But as speed as bro, Imagine this, you know, I'm a high school athlete. I had everything going on for me. Two months before graduating, boom, get injured. No college dream anymore. So in my mind, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? You know, I, I know there's one thing I really like, and it's soccer. You know, when I was in high school, I was, I was a coach. I used to work at my club like, as an administrative assistant. Like, the money I was getting into my pocket in high school, it was not selling lemonade. You know, it was through soccer. So in the back of my head, I always knew like, okay, I really know, like I'm, I'm, I was a management major. As soon as I started taking class, I was like, okay, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, Western's a really big school, obviously not as big as U, uh, UCF. But when I meet uh, Brandon, bro, I am sure you were part of a lot of student organizations in college, right? And yeah. when I joined the first one, it was called the Financial Management Association. I was only part of it for a semester and I got fed up with it, bro, really fast. I was like, okay, why is everyone here just here for the resume? People are just here, take a good picture to put it in their LinkedIn, to put it in the resume. I was like, you know, dude, I don't really want to invest my time just in that. You know, I'm not really adding any value to it. And then came to a coincidence, a buddy of mine, bro, he started a student organization called uh, Intercultural Business Student Association, IBSA. And he asked me to join and I told him straight up, I'm like, bro, if you're going to make me sell lemonade, if you're going to make me sell donuts in the hallway of our business school, I'm not going to do it. And I'm telling you right now, he's like, no, bro, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And, you know, we joined in the first meeting, dude, we were 30 of us that got selected. And the Danny, my buddy, you know, you guys have the same name. He's like, hey, guys, come up to the board and write ideas of things you want to do throughout the semester. And, you know, I really didn't know anyone. I was already my junior year of college and people started writing some pretty cool ideas. And I was like, okay, I really don't know 
what it can bring to the table. And then people started writing the social side, like fundraising and like they went down that line and I stood up and I wrote a soccer, a soccer clothing drive to the Dominican Republic. I sat down pretty quiet, no words were said. And then everyone that wrote something, they were asked to get up and talk about the idea. So when my turn got, got up, um, got up, I stood up, I'm like, Hey guys, you know, I may not look like I'm Dominican, what I am, I come from a third world country, you know, I grew up, I grew up in it, I feel really proud of where I'm from, and, you know, soccer is a very big part of my life, and I think with how big the soccer community is in Michigan, if we can do a clothing drive, I was going back to the DR in March for spring break, you know, I can go down to the DR, take some pictures, and I'll come back, we can do some flyers, and, you know, get things rolling. About 30 of, of the 30, about like 15 got up. They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. I'm like, okay, you know, it's like that point in life where you know your idea is good and people back it up. You're like, okay, you know, first step done. But out of those 15, bro, my friend Brandon, um, he came up to me really shy. He's like, hey, bro, I'm part of the soccer team. Like, I grew up here in Kalamazoo. I can, like, help you get gear. I'm like, okay, dude, let's do it. I go back to, I, it was a week before going back to the DR. He calls me up to his uh, dorm. He's like, hey, bro, uh, come here. We'll do the flyer and, like, we'll get things rolling. Stepped in his, into his dorm. Bro, he already had the flyer done. He's like, yeah, I called this coach, this coach, this coach. He, they told me to come pick up things on Friday. I'm like, oh, whoa. Like, okay, this is real. You know, and kind of fast forwarding to, bro, one thing I always try to tell people I'm around it's like yo you really gotta make sure who, who you surround yourself with because not everyone you meet you're gonna create something with but you gotta know the value they add bro and this guy Brandon you know he's a very proud friend of mine he's a co-founder of what a speed is today and bro this guy is playing the MLS today for the New England Revolution it's in his second year so wow. yeah so just you know <laughs> Imagine a guy that he was in his sophomore year of college, bro, you know, playing soccer, and he comes up to me. I'm like, dude, yeah, if you and I, we have truly nothing in common, you know, but we met in this moment. Yeah, we met in this moment, bro, and why not? So, so I, and, I, and because I know where, the, like, a little bit more about the story, and I want to kind of, because of, the, of, of our lack of time, I kind of want to, like, speed forward. And just kind of shortcut the audience a little bit and they can find out more about you because I, I encourage, definitely encourage them to, you know, go to a speedupfoundation.org uh, and even find you on Instagram and, and LinkedIn. Yeah, bro. The idea of that started off as a, Hey, we're going to collect stuff and we're going to, we're going to collect soccer supplies, whether it's cleats, socks, shorts, balls, and we're going to send it to VR that was in a student organization has evolved to this nonprofit where you have how many how many how many soccer clubs do you serve right now? Oh well, in the DR, bro, we're working with around twenty soccer clubs in around 20, ten provinces of the country, and that's amazing. So, twenty soccer clubs. How many kids have have you? Would you say have you impacted in in, in the time? Well, bro, I can tell you gear-wise, we've moved from the U.S. and locally, we've moved around 10K of gear. And kids, I can tell you honestly, we've impacted around 5,000 kids in the, past, in the past three years. And when I tell you impacted, bro, there's one thing I really like for people to understand is that impacted means we either gave 
pair of cleats to a kid. We gave their coach bibs. We gave their coach cones. We gave their coach a whistle. We gave their club water for them to drink. We organized a uh, Christmas tournament. We organized a trip for them, you know, because what we do, to, what we do, bro, is we try to make sure everything we have in our hands, we move it forward. You know, we pay it forward, which is just the, uh, something I try to abide my life with, uh, you know, attitude of gratitude. But, you know, our goal, bro, is to, you know, every kid I tell you we've impacted is that we can make sure that they're going to school. They're, you know, they're not missing a soccer practice. They can progress to be people of good in the future. But up to now, yeah, man, we've impacted over 5,000, the lives of 5,000 kids in, in the DR. And also uh, in Venezuela, bro, we've uh, we already opened a branch and already impacted about 300 kids. And and that's amazing to think that, you know, as a college student, that something that could come up out of a, of a you know, just writing a thought on a, on a board, envision and come to create a, a nonprofit that has impacted over 5,000 people already. And that's amazing. And, and that's really kind of one of the biggest reasons why I want to have you in the podcast is not the, the nonprofit that you've created and that you've focus after college full time on, right? Like, and this is somebody that could have gone any job you wanted to just because of the personality, the drive. And you decided to say, Hey, I'm not going to chase the money. I'm not going to chase it. I'm going to chase fulfillment and being able to impact more people. But it's the fact that there's people in this world that are dreamers, right? Like you were talking about your dad's a dreamer. He's an architect. And then there's doers, but bro, you are one of the few people that I know that is a dreamer and doer and that you are, you know, essentially dream this vision because I actually remember talking about this vision two and a half years ago. We were talking about how we like, how do you scale this? I, we were like, how do you scale this? And it's awesome to see you have now multiple student organizations in multiple universities helping you scale this. Like, man, it, it is so impressive and, and amazing that I even remember like uh, last year when I went to DR that I was like, hey, man, my wife and I are going to DR. How can I go and help you one day? And you're like, man, I'm like three hours away from you or, or, or not in the same city. I'm like, man, I thought this was a small island. I could have swore I could have just rented a car and gone. And I even had convinced my, convinced my wife to spend a day of her vacation going. Because I know what you guys do is not just like, oh, hand out uh, clothes to to kids that maybe that don't have the, 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 the cleats or the shorts or the shirts to go play soccer, but you guys put up these clinics and actually train them and, and work with the, with the kids to fix the facilities. I, I've seen you guys paint walls, put out trash cans, and you bring in um, professional soccer players from the country and from outside to come. I, I saw a video of um, – some college soccer players that some girls from uh, forgot what school that came yeah. to DR and, and they visited 10 cities with you or 10 different clubs. It, it's just so inspiring to, to, to say, Hey, why can't we more people do that? Like, why are we limited? Why are we limiting ourselves and thinking that there's a one way route when there's hundred ways. And if you can dream it, you could do it. And, so let's dive into that mentality, man. So how did you start getting that mentality? When did, how do you, if somebody were to ask you, how can I have the same mentality as you? Where should I start? What do you, what do you tell me? Oh, 
That's a good question, dude. <laughs> this is a good question. I have never been asked about, bro. Um, okay, somebody came up to me and they asked me, where do I start, bro? I would say a book. Is there a book? Is there a video? Is there a movie? Is there like a meditation? I mean, I'm just trying bro, to Danny, I'm the bro, I'm the worst recommending books, bro. Like people recommend books, and you know what I tell them? I'm like, bro, please come to my house and like you can spend a whole day looking for whatever you want you know <laughs> because you know for me like a book bro it's not recommending the book because i know yo probably eight out of ten friends i recommend the book they leave it halfway you know like bro reading is like nowadays with like how addicted people are to to this apparatus like it's so hard for people to concentrate dude and like people say oh i don't have time oh blah blah, blah. i'm like dude you do have time you know like like, that's just an excuse, but it's a habit that it really takes time to develop. But, bro, you know what I would tell um, someone that wanted to have the same mentality as me, bro? And I did this to one of my friends last week, and uh, she had just, like, broken up with her boyfriend. And, like, she has so much, like, so many jobs and stuff. I'm like, dude, have you ever thought about how much you, like, what, what's the worth you give to your time? So what I would tell, bro, someone is like, get a piece of paper and write down the amount of hours they work a week. Let's say you work 40 hours a week. You know, let's say you make $500 an hour, $500 a month, which here it's like a normal salary for someone that just graduated college. And if you look at those 40 hours, bro, and divide you know, like, let's say you get paid every two weeks, you know, everyone loves the, the 15 and the 30th. Oh, we got paid, you know, we got money, blah, blah, we got the, this abundance mentality. But what happens two, three days after? You're like, oh, shit, I just went through like half of the money I have and I still have to pay this, 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 this. So then you go to work, bro, and you're like, shit, you know, I got to be here for eight hours. And there's not only saying for someone that has a job, this can be to a kid that's in high school, you know, like. If you start calculating, dude, how much time, how much your time is worth, bro, I think that's the first step you have to take to adapt uh, results-driven mentality, bro. Like, I always say that whenever I'm on my phone, I'm working. You know, I try, when I, whenever I'm on WhatsApp, whenever I'm on social media, bro, I just unfollowed 500 people last week. Because I think that every second of the day that I am not doing something productive, and when I mean not something productive, bro, for me, being with my with my dog for an hour, laying in bed, that's productive. You know, I'm adding value to my dog, you know, but when I'm just scrolling down social media and like trying to be up to date with what the world is going, what the world is doing, you're not up to date with what you're doing, bro. And when you find that value, bro, of how much your time is worth, dude, I think that's when you really see, okay. Because people say, okay, I'm, I'm working 40 hours a week. Okay, bro, calculate that by a month. Calculate that for a year. And then if people measure, bro, how much time they're awake and how much time they're actually putting into what they like to do, dude, it's pretty, you know, it, it's like pretty eye-opening, dude. And uh, I think that's the first thing I would say, bro, that really makes me every day try to get up. And, you know, bro, I like to sleep till late, bro. Be, I'll be pretty honest. Like I'm not. I'm not gonna tell you. Yeah, wake up at 6 a.m. Work out every day. Eat well. You know, like that's just a habit you can you develop when you find something you love and you're like, okay, I got I gotta eat healthy because it's gonna help my brain 
get the oxygen I need. I got to drink water because it's going to keep my body healthy. But if you're just in a stationary, you know, mentality all the time, bro, like you're just going to let your life pass by in a very scarily manner, I think, bro. So I, something you just said right now really got me thinking of, of, of something that somebody, a business coach, I had, I've had multiple coaches in my life, right? And one of them was a business coach that said, whatever you want to make. So at that time, I, was, um, I remember calculating um, my salary or what I was making at corporate America and then divided it by like the amount of hours that I would work. And I remember that my decisions were, is this $45 worth of value? Is this $50 worth of value an hour, right? And so if, if, if I, easy example, because I remember doing this, if I make $100,000 or if, if I want to make $100,000 a year and I work 40 hours a week, let's just say that most people are going to work more, then my hour is worth $48, around $48. And so that decision then makes, uh, wh- that determines what I should do, right? If, if cutting the grass is an example, um, takes me one hour and I can pay somebody $25 to do, it's worth it, right? Because I can generate $48 in the same hour that I can pay somebody to cut my grass. And that mentality, I remember using it and applying it for everything. And when I was building my business, which is now what I'm doing full time, that would determine if I should outsource something or not, right? But I never looked at it and outside of a business perspective, I only looked at it in a, in, a, in, a, in a business, is it a good investment or is it a bad investment? But you made a great point thinking about this more of a life perspective and how are you investing your time? And you're right, I would pay $45 to pet my dog for an hour. I, I love my dog. Like I, I, <laughs> my wife and I talk about this all the time that when, when, we're always asked like, hey, when are we gonna, we're gonna have kids. We've been married now for like almost two years. Uh, we've been together for nine years. So when are the kids, when are the kids coming? Oh, dude. Let me oh. be honest with you. We are afraid to have kids because they, we're, we're afraid that our kids won't be as cool as our dog. And that has to be a very, very, you know, heartbreaking <laughs> thought, dude. Honestly, honestly, honestly. Yeah, but anyway, that's some millennial problems. There's some first generation, first world problems. I don't even want to talk about that. But what I want to continue to talk about is you, man, and, and that mindset. What advice would you give yourself, your freshman year self? Like, what would you wish you would have known as a freshman? That you freshman in college. Freshman in college, yep. Okay, um, good question, bro. What advice I would have given myself was to, like, you know, I graduated with a 3.8, bro. Like, college, I never really, I never really saw it as a challenge per se. And, like, you know, obviously when there was this teacher that told you, Hey, you gotta, you gotta learn half a book for an exam. You know, it's like, okay, I really have to get my highlighter out and just like bottle up as much information as I can. But you know, bro, me is one thing I saw my, uh, my last year and I saw it, um, two months ago when I visited, uh, Western for, for 10 days, one really honest advice, bro, I would give to, to freshmen is to not choose a, a career, just because of the end result of it choose a career because you see you see it as a tool for yourself for example i wanted to go into finance because i need because my freshman year 
I saw how finance equal to a very high-end paying job, you know, but I didn't, didn't even take one class and I just saw two of my buddies who were graduating in finance and they told me, bro, I hate this and I'm not even going to work in finance once I graduate. I'm like, bro, but you just dedicated four years of your life to this. And he's like, oh yeah, I have, you know, but I have a good, uh, a good college degree with a very po powerful major. I'm like, Dude, no, that's that's not what it's about, you know, because how are you going to apply all this information, bro? And, you know, me nowadays, Danny, that I graduated from management, bro, I'm going back to all my teachers, bro, and like asking them things. I'm going back to my, like my, my Western email and like finding all these uh, projects I had to do. And I'm like, okay, you know, this all makes sense. You know, this accounting one class that I took and I totally hate it, bro, I'm applying it now to my day-to-day -day life, you know, this human resource, you know, now when I have to hire a volunteer or hire someone from my staff, I know the things, you know, I have to look out for. And if I wouldn't have chosen management, bro, management major where, you know, you get a little bit of human resource, account, accounting, you get a little marketing, you know, you get a little of everything, you know, now is that I'm seeing it. And a lot of students, bro, they go into a college thinking, yeah, I'm going to study this and this is what I'm going to do my entire life. No, dude, our market, like, you know, we say talk for ourselves, dude, the world is changing too fast, man. The world is changing too fast. And if we don't adapt, we're going to become obsolete, bro. Like, And so how would you encourage a student to go through his college career? Would you not say pick a major? How, when do they pick a major or when do they decide or – or do you do you tell them to generalize versus specialize? Well, that's I'm sure UCF was the same thing, bro. I I spent I had to take eight gen eds, which is basically a whole year of classes, and I think that's bad because you know why why might do I have to take biology and physics when I can be taking like you know a uh, you know some business gen ed? You know I I could say that's that's one thing I would totally change about college because if they told me you could have graduated in three years without taking those gen eds, I would have been like, okay. But then again, bro, I think the gen eds are good for those who don't know what they want to study. But then again, bro, if you don't know what you want to study, like you shouldn't be in college. Like if you need to take that gap year, which, you know, people like to call it, take it, dude, because college is so expensive, bro. And not only... Not only money-wise, bro, but time-wise, Danny, because it's not, college is not, yeah, I go to class, go in and out. Dude, you have a social life. You have to work out. You have to go to the cat. You know, like, there's so many points that college, you know, progresses into one thing that if you're not ready for it, bro, like, I don't know. I don't know if uh, you can tell me about the stat. I think about, like, 40% of students drop out their first year. I don't, I don't know if that's right, but... For my friends, I can tell you it happened, bro. <laughs> I don't know. So I guess when I look at stats and I do research on this, I, I focus more on the graduation and placement rate. I can tell you that the average college student takes six years to graduate with a four-year degree, and 85% of them walk the stage without a job, right, which is in, in, insane. And what's even more shocking to me is that 40% of college students never work in a job that required a degree. Right. So that, that to me is the scary part. And I actually do think um, one of the biggest problems in, in terms of fixing uh, university is 
before the university. I think uh, high schools and middle schools are brain uh, are just brainwashing kids to go to college and saying, if you want to be successful, you have to go to college. And I don't think college is for everybody, but I also don't think college is not the answer. I, I would definitely hope that the doctor that I visit went to college, right? I would definitely hope that the, lo the lawyer that I visited went to college, right? Just, there's some certain professions that definitely need uh, college. Do I think the college is the answer for everybody? No. Um, do I think the college is, the, is, is not the answer? No. I think it just really depends on the circumstances. It, it kind of goes back to the question of the book. Like when students ask me like, oh, Daniel, you read so much. What book should you read? My answer to them is, what are you trying to learn? Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Dude, like, that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> like what top, what, what, what area of your life are you looking to improve? Are, uh, are you looking to start a business? Are you looking to improve your mindset? Like, what is it? Like I have maybe five go-to books and depending on where you are in your life, I recommend one of those fives. Right. And that is think and grow rich, uh, rich dad, poor dad, uh, the noticer, um, I actually have them up here, uh, the richest man in Babylon. Um, and, and so like, it just, it just really depends on where you are in your life and what goals you're trying to achieve. Because at the end of the day, the best way to reach any goal is to learn from someone who's done it. Right. It, hands down, that is the best way. If you think about what college is, you're essentially going to college to learn from someone who's done it. Right. And if you don't have access to those people, right, whether they're not in your network of influence or they're just, you just don't know them. Right. And now with social media, you can know them. Like it's insane. That amount of people that I've met and have been guests on my podcast that I would have never met. Right. Including you. But let's say, right. Let's say that you don't have access to all that there's books, right? And that's why I'm so passionate about books. Because if you think about a book, like think, uh, uh, think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill dedicated 20 plus years of his life to putting together into a book, what the most successful people at that time had together, like the secret of why they are successful, or why they were able to think and grow rich, right? And so I think that's why books are amazing. Um, and so I think it's, it's, it's the same thing. I don't know. But but I, I think that's what it finds in, interesting. But all that being said, I have a question for you, right? Um, you, there was a point in my life, and this was about two years ago, maybe by the time that we were talking a lot, that I was reading one book a week. And I think you were doing something very similar. You're probably reading three books a week. Wow. Um, my, my, my rate, it's, it's hard to keep up. I would say a book a month, though. Okay. A book a month. And... Again, I had a business coach and he had, it was towards the end of the year and he said, all right, Daniel, you've been reading a book a week for, you know, for, for the majority of the year now. Now tell me what you've learned in each book. Oh, shit. Right? So can, can you go and name all 45 books you've read at this time? And I was like, yeah. And so I started naming, I started writing, and I was able to name like 36 of them, Right. But I read 44 or 45 books. And, and so that's kind of where um, it's, it, it got me thinking even more, which is uh, it, it's going to go back to your question, right? Is I can learn, and there's a bunch of books that I've read, but how many of them did I actually take the time to execute the knowledge that I learned? And so how do you do that? Because you, you, you seem to be doing that much better than I have, actually. When I, 
or maybe it's just the way I look at it. And social media just always makes it sound good. Dude, it's it's it's, it's uh, social media, bro. It's dangerous. It's dangerous, <laughs> bro. Um, I would say one word about this, Danny. It's practicality, bro. Like, now that how old are you? Twenty seven. Twenty eight. You're twenty eight. Okay, bro. I'm twenty four, bro. And you know, if you put me in, like a scale, I'm still like a newbie in the industry because I graduated a year ago. You know, like if you put me in like the average Joe mold, you know, I know I would fall into the, yeah, I'm still a rookie and I still feel like a rookie, but there's one thing, man, I always try to apply to everything I read, bro. And that's like scrolling down LinkedIn, dude, like just reading the newspaper and it's the practicality of your actions, bro. Because nowadays I have a lot of people that, you know, I work with or people that want to work with me people I want to work with. Well, if you and I sit down, Danny, for 30 minutes, bro, let's say we talk about we want to organize a business conference, for example. I tell you, hey, Danny, I want you to come to the DR and we're, we're going to organize a business conference in some university and I want you to bring three more leaders of the industry. Bro, what happens if we talk for an hour and I tell you about no possible budget? I don't bring up. Uh, okay, like we can talk about dates. That's the easiest. But I don't talk about logistics. I don't talk about just those very practical things, bro, that in the end make it happen. Because if we can, you and I can talk about ideas, but then I tell you, hey, Danny, it's going to cost us 5 k to make this happen. Now we got to go into the next question. How are we going to get that money? If I tell you, hey, Danny, we just talked about a budget. I got three, four sponsors. Like I already came into this call prepared. You know, I did kind of like my research already and I know what I'm going to offer to you, bro. And I think a lot of people, they love shooting ideas. They love talking about it. But when I would say real life hits them, boom, they're like, oh, fuck, you know, like it's not going to work. And then I think people, you know, me, bro, going really philosophical, a lot of people go through their life, man, with that mentality of, oh, I had this great idea. Boom. I got hit by life. Oh, I had this great idea. Boom, I got hit by life. And then they feel as they're this type of unique, enlightened dreamer that has all these great ideas, but they never happen. But then life hits you and then you know you gotta you gotta get married. You gotta have you gotta have kids, you gotta buy a house, you gotta buy a car, and then all this mentality you had of just growing. Now you really can't apply to your day-to-day -day life, bro, because you were never really practical about it. You know, I started at Speedus, bro, when I was 20 years old, you know, when I turn 30, I'm going to be a 10 year business owner, bro. And that's what drives me. You know, when I hit 30, when I hit 28, I'm going to be like, okay, you know, I've been, you know, doing the itty, itty gritty for seven years now, bro. It's going to be worth it. But now I don't think about it. I think about the day-to-day -day of like, if I talk to you, if I talk to someone, how can I add value to them? Because if I go into a call with you about some business I want to do and I just talk about it, but I don't have a plan behind, bro, I'm like, not, I'm not respecting myself and I'm not respecting you. And if we, if we put that, bro, something into that practicality into everything we do, I think that's when you can really find path for everything you want to do. So walk me through maybe like a strategy of how students can be practical of what they learn and maybe how do they implement some of the things that they learn so that they're, they're practical and they're actually executing it right because i think that's the problem that's happened is is like i even told you 
There's dreamers and there's doers. Yep. It's hard to be both, right? I, I, I struggle to be both. I, I'm, I'm more of a dreamer. I am learning through reading to execute and how to be a better executor. And then there's other people who are really bad at coming up with ideas. Like nothing comes in their head. They have no new business idea. But if you said, hey, Danielle, a million dollars and all I want to do is invest in your ideas, man, I can come up with a million businesses. That, that's not a problem. So for somebody that's like me, that ideas come, like will come, like I'm not worried about the next idea. What advice do you have me to implement and be an executor? Bro, do you have, do you have um, tattoos? I don't. Okay, so... Is that told, idea I got to get a tattoo now? No, no, no. But somebody told me a very interesting thing, bro, about, about getting a tattoo before I got my first one back uh, four years ago. They told me, okay, you want to get this tattoo, print it, and paste it on your wall, and look at it for a month. If you still like it, go ahead. If you don't, don't. Bro, if you really... Say you walk into class, you're a college student, for example, you're in a strategic management class, and you just got blown away with the teacher for an hour lecture of how to organize a meeting, for example, which is a very key part of you know being a leader. And if you go into a class, bro, and you're just there to take notes and put the notebook down and wait for the test to come, number one, you're in the wrong class. Number two, you're developing a horrible habit in life that you're using whatever you're, you know, bringing in to your life, just say as knowledge as experience and you're putting it down, bro. You know, whatever you go and you learn into class, and this is something I really applied, man, when I was in college, my, imagine, imagine myself, Danny, I was, you know, my last two years, I was already working full time on Aspidas. You know, I was already organizing volunteer trips. I was already organizing fundraising. We were expanding to two, two new universities. And I was still in college, bro. So, like, I, there were days when I walked into class and I greeted my teacher. I'm like, hey, I know today you're going to teach me something I'm going to use. You know, today I'm going to learn something that is going to help me, bro. Man, that is powerful. Like, <laughs> what, if, what if you did that, right? Like, what if you as a student walked in to the first day of the semester and said, Dr. Chas, I am so excited to be here because I know that I am going to learn so much from this class. I can't wait for the semester to start. Like, what a way to start a relationship with your professors. How many of your professors do you talk to today? How many of my professors? Well, my high school-wise, bro, I can tell you I have about four teachers I talk about. I talk with generally. But in college, bro, um, I can tell you I keep in touch with about four or five, bro. One of them is my French teacher. I had my last semester. I speak French. I learned it in high school. Um, you know, obviously playing with Haitian and French soccer players. I love the sport. Uh, sorry, the language. And I had one Jeanette left, and my advisor is like, hey, yeah, you can take a French class. And, bro, this class was Monday to Thursday from 9 to 10 a.m. And, bro, your last semester of college, you did not want to wake up that early. Bro, I love that class. That lady taught me so many things. And every day, bro, I just thanked her. I was like, thank you very much for everything you're, you're teaching me, dude. Um, one teacher in my last semester, it was a strategic uh, business development class, bro. And a buddy of mine told me before, thing like, he's like, dude, this guy's a business advisor. 
He told me an amount of money he makes per hour. I'm not going to say because I don't know if it's true. Uh, and I, I, hope, I, hope, I hope he listens to this someday. But, bro, when he told me the amount of money he makes per hour being a business advisor for companies like Pfizer, I was like, okay. Like, I am going to sit first row and I'm going to listen to this guy, whatever he says. And I did, bro. Most of my classes, I would sit up front, Danny, because you know what happens? And I think it's a, it's a strategy I use in life, bro. If you're sitting in the third row, bro, and the seven people next to you, they're on their phones, you're going to be prone to use your fucking phone, dude. If you have the teacher talking and you see six people next to you on their computers, bro, what are you going to do? Yeah, no, man. It's so funny. Like, I have not met many people that actually still keep in contact with the professors. I, I do. I, I keep in contact with, like, six professors. Um that I talk to a lot, right? And they have been on my podcast or I plan them to have on my podcast. And it's the funniest thing. And, I'm, and I think some of them actually even listen to my, on my podcast. It, have you heard that quote that is like, um, it's not what people tell you, but it's how they make you feel. And I'm definitely butchered that quote. I was, I'm a horrible student. I am like horrible student. I can't concentrate. Um, I, I'm a horrible test taker. I, I didn't even graduate with a 3.0, like <laughs> not even. Right. <laughs> I was like, that's even though I love to read, I just couldn't, couldn't, I just was really bad at schooling, but I built great relationships with my professors and I, and I will even be very clear just because I had good relationships. Dave never said, you know what? You're going to get an A because you're a great, nice guy. No, no. I, had, I got the C's and I got the P's and, and, and rarely I got my A's, right? But when I go back and I go speak in some of my professor's classrooms, they introduced me like if I was the best student they've ever had. And I had a C in that class, right? And, and, and that goes such a long way of, of building their relationship and actually learning. And, and what I did l learn, you know, if I got a C and I got a 70, I, I learned 70% of the material. I didn't just cram it for the test. And then once I took the test, I failed. And, and using the, uh, and I, I'm digressing here because I just love the topic of going and building a relationship with the professor and how you do that is sitting yeah. in the front of the class, um, saying something like that with gratitude saying, you know what? Like, I know you could, there's so many professors that could be making so much more if they weren't professors that they, Go back because that's their way of giving back to society and taking full advantage of those resources. They're just a wealth of knowledge. And it's incredible that how many conversations I have with professors that in, in most universities, professors are mandated to have office hours um, and no one goes to their office hours unless it's right after the test because they want to they want, they be able to retake it or whatnot. It, it has to be horrible for a teacher sitting there and be like, damn, is somebody going to come today? And then being right before or after the exam, how many people are going to come today? <laughs> that, yeah, like that, that's, that's, there's something wrong there because it shouldn't be that way. Like the, the fact that a, a professor, I know professors that say, you know, I'm just going to grade my assignments during office hours because I know no one's going to come. So it's, it's, it's times that yeah, I yeah. have to be in the office. I might as well do something productive. But yeah, that, that is something that, um, that I think you did it so well. And that the fact that you still use those resources 
it's incredible. And, and when people like argue with me saying that, well, college is not worth the, the investment anymore. I also reply and I go, it depends, right? It depends on who it depends on. It's like, what should you read? It depends. Um, because if you go to college and you use it, all the resources that you have to your disposal, whether that is the professors that are there, whether that is the resources that student government provides, whether it's the library and all the tools that they pay for that would cost thousands of dollars a year, but you have access to them. Um, whether it's the fact that you can use the student card and be able to meet with some executives that might not even give you the time once you start working for their company. Like you, oh, like no. you have a much better chance of meeting with the CEO of any Fortune 500 company as a student than if you're a level entry employee. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh, bro, so I think college students have like a, like a shield from society for four years or however long it takes you to graduate, dude. And people don't really use that shield to their advantage, bro. Because, you know, when I was in college, dude, I had so much time, Danny. And like, I had four hours, four, three hours of class. I probably worked three, four hours. And then, dude, I had the whole day, the whole day to just be doing whatever. But that whatever, that's where you really define how you want to use that shield because, <laughs> You know, bro, and it was just funny when I went back, you know, two months ago and I saw, well, friends that, you know, were freshmen and sophomore when I was still in college and now they're graduating. And I always tell them, like, dude, use your time. Like, dude, if you have to go to every job fair, if you have to be on LinkedIn for 20 hours a day, do it. Because now you're in this world where that's where, that's like your duty. That's what you have to do. So if you don't, have to do if you don't do what you have to do when you can what are you gonna do when you can't do and that's when life really hits you hard dude and you know dude it makes me you know kind of sentimental just thinking about college sometimes that there's days i really feel like fuck i want to be back into this world you know i really don't want to feel like have my phone blowing up i don't want to have to reply to all these emails i don't want to go to these meetings i don't want to you know like just keep growing in life but then again i say if it wasn't for college, I wouldn't be doing all these things, you know, dude. And that's just me, you know, from a very, very positive and optimistic point of view, dude. And I'm really glad um, we're, we're getting to share this message to your listeners, dude, on this podcast. No, man, I think, you know, I, I, I can talk to you and we can talk about this for hours like we've done in the past. But obviously, the, um, the podcast, I generally try to keep it in 30 minutes. We're almost at an hour and it, it feels like we've only been talking for five minutes. But how can the audience um, connect with you? Well, bro, uh, if somebody wants to talk to me, I always tell them, call me. Because I think nowadays, like, think about it. I'll do, you know, like, 10 years ago, we only had, like, one messaging app. We had, like, Facebook Messenger or, like, MySpace Messenger. But now we have Facebook Messenger, DM, WhatsApp, like LinkedIn, like every platform we have has a messaging app. Oh, and obviously we have emails, you know, and I always tell if someone wants to talk to me, just call me. Like if I don't call you right back, I'm doing something. But when I do is because I want to like dedicate my full time to like you, you know, because it doesn't, I think it's really just horrible of ourselves as human beings that more WhatsApp than anything. We have all these conversations going and then like I can reply to you one second, but then 
John hits me up and I have to reply to John, but then Megan hits me up and I have to reply to Megan. But I, then I forgot about Danny, you know, which I was just talking about uh, with 10 minutes ago. But yeah, bro. Um, usually my phone, you know, WhatsApp, email. I love email, dude. It's, it's, it's such a great thing, honestly. Like, you know, email saves so much time. But, you know, bro, you have you have my Facebook, you have my LinkedIn. You can hit me up on my, um, on what's it, what's it called? Yeah, dude, any professional inquiries i would say linkedin i really like it because you know i've had a couple western students uh send me uh, messages and as soon as i see a guy that graduated from western i'm like of course i'm going to talk to you you know but if it's just that um typical broadcast message hey joe like my page like my platform i'm like dude what has linkedin turned into (laughs) (laughs) now i get it awesome hey so one last question for you my friend well, now we've been talking for an hour and I always want to finish my podcast with one big takeaway that the audience can take away from this episode. What would you hope that takeaway be? From everything we've talked about, bro? From everything we've talked about and we've covered in this podcast episode. <clears throat> bro, this is such a, such a cliche um, phrase, but I have to say it, bro. Dreams don't work unless we do, dude. Um, I think nowadays with everything we've got going on social media and everything we are thrown to ourselves, it's really hard to feel feel pressured and feel like what we're doing is not enough. But if whatever, when you close your eyes, whatever you see, that is still not text. That is still not connected to a Wi-Fi machine that is still not connected to anything it's connected to you it's connected to your heart it's connected to your soul so if you close your eyes and whatever you're seeing if it's a bad thing that's good you have to go out and conquer it but if it's a good thing if it's a dream that you feel like when you're dreaming it dude you're you feel yourself go go after it but as i said if you don't apply the practicality behind it it's just going to keep us a dream and you know dreams that we see a lot of time and we don't do anything about it's like that girl you dream about you want to kiss her but then you don't you see her every day and you don't get to kiss her or talk to her it becomes a nightmare and that's why you know dreams don't work unless unless we do bro and i think that's something i would really love for your audience to, to take away man i love it i love it again man thank you so much for coming out on the podcast sharing your story your perspective your you know your nonprofit. that's so awesome to know that you decided to build a nonprofit while you were a college student and now has built to this organization that serves so many, you know, kids in Venezuela and then DR. And I just, I just know that it's going to be something that's going to be all around the world. I can see the vision that you have and how it's going to grow. And I, like I always said, anything that I could do to help you grow that and fulfill that mission, uh, reach out to me and I encourage the audience. If you love soccer and you're in college, and you want to start a student organization, I would definitely reach out to Federico because it's going to be something that's going to be fun to do. It's going to be rewarding to do. um, And it's going to be worth it. It's going to completely be worth it and life-changing experience. So uh, reach out to him. And everybody listening to this podcast, thank you so much for investing your time listening to this. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode.
If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career. Doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job. Keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends and make sure you subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.